Good day, listeners. Jonathan Darty here with another edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. What do you do when your child says they are gay or is exploring a gay identity? How can you respond with grace and truth? In this episode, we have Denisa Suarez back with us. She's a licensed counselor and sex therapist who has a passion for teaching and coaching others on God's good design for sex. This includes helping parents navigate the difficulty of a child pursuing a gay identity. If you or a parent you know is facing such a challenge, this episode will give you hope and practical ideas. To learn more about Denisa and her counseling services, visit cci.counseling.com. For even more resources, visit bebroken.org or check out the links that we put in today's show notes. And as always, please rate and review the program after you listen so that you can help other people to find it. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken Ministries, and we exist to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. Now, let's dive into today's conversation with Denisa. Well, all right, Denisa Suarez, welcome back to the program. It is always so good to be here with the Be Broken friends and family, so an honor to share this time with all of you. Yeah, well, I have been looking forward to this conversation, Denisa, because I think, uh, you know, we're going to address a topic today that uh, seemingly an increasing number of parents and families are having to navigate. And it's that question of how how can parents um, uh, respond well when their child comes out to them as gay or homosexual? And I think we're seeing just an increased number of that. And before we get into that, trying to answer that specific question, can you just share uh, kind of how you've seen historically, maybe even in just the last 20 or 30 years, kind of the landscape around this issue of homosexuality, the sexual revolution? What are some of the changes that have you, you've seen where it feels like this is happening more today than it might have been happening even 20, 30 years ago? Yes, and and actually, yes, you're right. Um, we would think that there's an increase on um, the number of incidences of this happening, or people struggling, or people um, being confused. But uh, one of the, the the biggest factors that I feel is the access that we have to social media, the globalization of communication, um, the infiltration of movies, uh, culture, games, you know, all these social media platforms that in a way are, and I don't want to use, you know, political words like indoctrination and like, you know, that kind of stuff, but the exposure that Mm -hmm. um, children are having from such a young age. Um, And, you know, in in a way you want to just look at that evil and want to destroy all of that. But there's another side of that that I'm always questioning is what we're doing as parents, our parenting, the structure of our parenting, the the things that we're allowing in our homes, uh, the choice that we're making of buying a, a cell phone to a child that is, you know, in the second grade and how we are catering for all of that to be so readily available for our mm-hmm. children. Yeah, you know, it makes me think. And, you know, uh, I've I've, seen- oh, I was going to say, you know, one of one of our friends and colleagues, and you know her as well, is Dr. Julie Slattery. 
you know, and she talks about how yes. in many ways the culture is doing a better job of discipling us around our sexuality than the church. And it's a little bit of what you're talking about there, right? It so easily infiltrates. And so many of those messages are sexualized messages towards the, the complete destruction of uh, gender. And even then with that kind of just sexual exploration and especially regarding homosexual behaviors. Can you talk a little bit about maybe, uh, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but in terms of just the environmental aspect within a, within a family's home, can you talk about some of the things that you're seeing that parents could do that would maybe help in, in regards to better discipling uh, their children rather than just letting the culture do that? And I'm going to say something that I know is hard for, you know, different lifestyles and um, you would even think um, economic um, difference, you know, um, among families, but being available. I think being available is, is the biggest thing. We're not available to our children and we have a job and a part time and a ministry and a, and these and we're going to school and we're becoming, you know, more proficient at this. And we need to understand that there's a season that while our children are little and, um, you know, and, and, and are soft and tender and are like sponges absorbing we need to be doing a massive investment. And this investment doesn't come only as intentional talks and conversations, but it comes in terms of overwhelmingly loving them and listening to them and getting to know them, their personalities, their tendencies, their ways, how they feel, um, how they express themselves. And sadly, we're not that available. And I feel that that would be the first one that we learn to be together, to commune together, to really be united. And then out of that love and that good relationship, when we are implementing boundaries, healthy, good, solid boundaries around our children, it will be a little easier for them to understand. It, it will be a little easier for us to also enforce them because we know we're loving them well. And we won't be guilty. We won't feel guilty. Oh, I'll let him have the phone because I haven't been available. No, no, no. I've been available. We've done fun things. He will not have the phone. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I know that when we talk about issues of, of uh, sexuality and homosexual desires and behaviors, a lot of that is, is rooted in a, a word that's getting tossed around a lot right now. But it's something that we need to, in some ways, reclaim. Uh, as Christians, and that is the word identity. Can you talk a little bit about how vital it is for parents to understand, number one, what that word means, and then how do we bring our, our, our Christian understanding, God's view of identity into these conversations when there's a lot of confusion around sexual desires and expression? And you see, I think that you just hit the nail on the head. The, the point is that we understand what our identity is. Where does our identity come from? And I, I actually posted something on my social media this week that says, can we really define something that we have not created? Because people want to define sexuality. They want to mm. define um, identity. They want to define orientation. They want to define all of these things that they have not created, that they do not understand the depth of it. 
But when we teach our children that we were created in the image of God, and we go into that simple message of how big that is and how um, it is in us, it's been imprinted in us um, as he formed us, that image of Christ. And what does that mean? And what does the Bible say? That he created me a male, that he created me a female, that he created me with these characteristics. And when we go about what he is, we're not talking about behaviors. And don't do this behavior because that is not, for, no, 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 no. Behaviors don't define who we are. We are defined by what God said that we are, by who he is. So when we embrace that truth, we are going to walk in that truth. And there will be behaviors and things that we at times are confused or are not clear or choosing to sin. But we're knowing that we're going, that we're detouring because we know the central truth. Yeah, that's really good. And I love that, Denise. I love talking about who who are we to define something that we didn't create. I think that's really insightful and and wise. Um, and so, obviously, God gets the right to define all of those terms around sexuality and identity and everything. But let's let's start getting really practical because, in some ways, no matter how good or bad our parenting may be. Sometimes, guess what? We're going to have a child that just says, this is who I am, or this is what I'm, you know, what I'm about. So let's start getting really practical. When a child comes to their parent and says, I am gay, can you walk a parent through what you would say is the best way to respond to that declaration? Just initially, what are some really practical ways to help a parent navigate that initial declaration by their child. Yes. Um, one of the things that I like to say is let's remember that sexuality and identity and all of those issues are complex. It is not a one or two. It's not that simple and that clear, even though God did create something in a clear way, the way that we experience it, the way that we go through that in life, it's not that simple. So let's not jump into a conclusion. Let's just take a deep breath and remember this has a lot of different parts to it. And after we've done that, um, let's start um, scaling. We're not solving or we're not addressing or we're not talking about a homosexuality issue around the world or around the nation or in my church or in my organization. We're talking about my child. We're talking about the life of a human that has been entrusted to me, someone that I conceived or that I'm um, helping grow and that in a way belongs to me. We're not talking about here coming up with a, you know, a, a definition and a thesis and, a, a, and solving the problem. We're talking about the life of a human that I love and care for. So let's not forget that. And start throwing out, um, the Bible says that, you know, these and all of these general um, things. And, and when you see these groups of people, that's not my child. That is not your child. That is not the person that is in front of you. They're not the, the LGBTQ plus agenda. They're not um, the school's agenda. They are a human life that you care for that is in front of you and that you want to maintain access with. You don't want to disconnect, especially now. Now that means they need you the most. 
and you want to be the most influential. You don't want to lose the power to influence, to get to the heart of your child. So we need to be very wise, very strategic and put our feelings aside. The feelings of all of my hopes are broken, uh, my image, uh, my heart and my dreams and my grandchildren. Like we need to put all of those feelings aside. And I am not saying we're going to ignore them. They have a place. They may have your pastor, your best friend, your therapist office for you to go and cry and process and, and talk through that. But that is not the conversation to have with a child that has there to be vulnerable and come out. Even if it's not coming out directly, because they, they don't all come out directly, I'm gay or I'm homosexual. Sometimes it's like, I think I like boys and that I like girls or I don't know, but I'm, I don't feel that I really like girls and I'm feeling kind of like maybe I like boys. Sometimes it's even just that. And we freak the, the life out of them with our responses. And the word of God talks to us about the posture of Jesus, which was a posture of love, uh, compassion, grace, <laughs> perseverance, being there with them, discipling. And if we don't love and we don't have compassion, how? Are we going to have access to do any discipling work, any mm -hmm. journeying work with them? So I feel yeah, that so I love those what, are the big points. There. Yeah, I love what you're saying there. It's like the the maintaining of the relationship is so vital in those first instances of those declarations of expression. Or like I like the way you said it too. Sometimes it's not direct. Hey, I'm gay. It could be you see it in behaviors, or you could see it in just kind of a questioning. And I love the fact that you're saying, parents, stay present, stay with your child. Now, with that being said, can we talk a little bit about then how does the parent navigate their own sort of emotional hyperventilation that's going on? Because this isn't, you know, maybe this isn't what they wanted. This is not what they were hoping for. Certainly wasn't what they were expecting. And can you talk about how a parent can simultaneously be seeking to be present with their child and maintain the relationship, but also navigating and processing their own emotional turmoil during this time. And you know, this is key. And you, again, the fact that, that you're saying simultaneously, because we cannot put one thing here and, and then not address the other, but that is part of what we're missing, not knowing how to navigate this. And I am all for honesty, a hundred percent transparency. You know what, baby, this is hitting me off guard. Like, this is not something that I was dreaming for you. This is not something that I'm quite understanding. But you know what? We will navigate this together. I can assure you that we will be holding hands through this process. And at, at the same time, that's why it's important that we have people. You know, we're, we're not meant to be in isolation. We're meant to live in community. And who are those trusted people? that you can go and cry to and say, you know, all of our lives we've served God. And this is what we get back because sometimes a parent is gonna even question God. Like, come on God, like I've served you all of my life. I've tried to do everything by the book. I've said no to all of these things. I told them right at home, this is what you give me back. Why did you allow this to happen? And we need to have that place, that safe place where we can go and cry our frustration. And we might never get over that. 
we may never get over the, the loss of that dream. However, even though we are parents of this person, this, this, this guy, this girl, um, God loves them and cares for them way more than we do. Can we trust him to handle them and to help us navigate this next season with them? Yeah, you know, I think about uh, a, a lot of the, the Psalms come to my mind about just navigating difficult emotions and what does it look like to pour out your heart to God and and when you're frustrated, when you're angry, when you're confused. And that's a lot of what I'm hearing there is we need those safe places with God, but also with some other wise counsel to be able to navigate this this well. Now, when it comes to walking, you talk about we're going to we're going to be hand in hand. We're going to hold hands through this. Can you help parents maybe understand, well, what does that even look like? Because at some point I can imagine <laughs> yes. parents saying, but I don't hold to the same convictions that my child is expressing to me. How do we uh, share? How do we talk about those differing convictions while seeking to maintain the relationship? Because sometimes I think there's a lot of parents and maybe even even kids that are on this that, that say those two things can't commingle because if if uh, the parent is believing one thing, the child is believing another thing, then they just have to separate. They can't there can't be any connection. It's like the relationship almost has to be over. I think in some ways that's what the culture is telling us. Right. There's no way because if you're yeah. on either side of this, all that can be all that can happen between those two parties is hate. Right. Can you talk about how, no, we can navigate a relationship while still holding to different views? I actually think that the way as parents and with our children that we model that is what's going to influence the way that culture and society is handling it. Because the way that we've handled it is being hate. It's either all or nothing. And if you're not going to be straight, then, then we don't have a relationship. And that is what the world is doing. If, if you're either here or you're here, and it does not have to be. And I'm not talking about like, let's just be bipartisan. And let's just, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, do we really have to always go to the one point that we are in disagreement? Can we continue nourishing everything else that is surrounding that point and continue to little by little, touch that one sensitive item, but we become impatient and we want to see a transformation, a change radical. And you know what? It might be, sadly, that for some of us, we will not see that radical change with our own eyes in this life. Do we have the patience? Do we have the um, what it takes to continue going? And one of the things that I think is difficult, but that starts telling the children that we are honest, that we are serious, is asking our questions. So what makes you think that? What exactly do you feel that is taking you in that direction? Talk to me about it. Why do you feel that you're not a male or that you're not a female? Or why do you feel that your body is trapped or that? Talk to me about those things. How does that look like? And just listen, you don't have to give an opinion. Just by listening to them, they're going to feel like, okay, so they're not running away. They're not getting a, you know, a thing to kill me. They're not. Then maybe I'll come back for a little more. And we continue in that journey, sharing some of those experiences and having the opportunity 
to be there because this is what's happening. Jonathan, sadly, they will go somewhere else where they're accepted and where mm. those lions are waiting to just take them and indoctrinate them. And that's what we're sending them. But while we're doing this, we're keeping them here. Uh, there's a lot of, and, and I'm going to say this because I don't want to forget it. Uh, we immediately think if someone is struggling or has identified as, a, 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 you know, in a gender that they're not biologically um, in, in congruence, um, we immediately think promiscuity. Now, that it doesn't equate that. There are a lot of people that have come through my office that we've gone through that want to be morally pleasing to God, that want to have just that one relationship, that want to abstain, that have all of these beautiful goals and ideals according to the Bible. But sometimes their parents have sent them out there where the ones that are waiting for them are those promiscuous ones that want them to do drugs. And let's just, it's free. Let's just go into that. Not everybody's going on that journey. And we can save so much heartache and so much problems when we are handling our own, um, in, when we're owning it and, and we're becoming part of that. Yeah. So um, let's talk now about kind of in a, in a larger context about just the kinds of conversations that, that parents need to have with their kids. So at this point, I'm kind of transitioning a little bit because I feel like we need to talk to parents whether or not they've experienced this right now with their kids. Um, we've been talking kind of in a narrow view of like, hey, when your kid comes out and says, hey, I'm gay or, or, or whatever. But the reality is, is every parent is going to have to face the, 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 the sexual struggles that kids are going to have. So can you talk about how parents or why it's so important that parents talk with their kids about sex and sexuality and maybe some ways that are helpful to do that? Yes. Um, again, one of the thing is reaffirming of, you know, how they were created and what happened when they were being knit in the womb of their mother. Like there was the singling out intentional way in God fixing, putting this body together. And he had ideas and dreams and things that he wanted for you. And my first thing is let's continue to maintain that relationship and to hear from God and to go to him, to seek from him. Even while you're confused, are we not confused about other things at times and we still believers that love the Lord and that are trying to please him? Have we not made wrongful choices with money, with marrying the wrong person, even if it was the right gender? Well, like how many things um, have we not committed adultery? And, um, you know, there's and, and in the midst of that confusion. And I'm not saying, oh, you're an adulterer. No, we, we can have a moment of making the wrong choice and navigating a year or a season of, of things that are not according to what we know best. But don't we still hold on to God and, and call on to him? And so I feel that we need to continue maintain, to maintain that atmosphere. It's like, you know what? God is never ashamed of us. He, he, he will never reject us. He will always be here for us. And that is part of, you know, where we need to go. Now, also, um, how we treat other people, maybe nobody in our family, maybe my children are fine and um, there's no issues. But what about one of their best friends 
Or what about their cousin? Or what about Aunt Antonia that now came out at, at 60 years old? How do we navigate that? Don't we still continue loving and trying to be kind and trying to be, you know, not even be understanding, but do life with them? Because what I feel is that because of that one thing, we feel that we cannot even touch it. Like it's, it's like, like a virus that is going to be contagious. We're not that fragile, especially if we are uh, building a foundation of truth. Then why are we so afraid of, of being exposed and, and, and having that to be a conversation that takes place? And we could say something wrong. You know what? Actually, that didn't sound right. That sounds harsh. Don't we do that with race? And I'm a Latino. I can't talk about race because I'm a minority. And sometimes I've made comments and my daughter goes like, mom, that was so racist. And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. What was racist about it? Like, it is okay for us to acknowledge I'm inadequate. <laughs> and, and I'm also wanting to learn that humility. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it's very important to remember, you know, the, the, we talk about how the, the ground is level at the foot of the cross, right? We're all, we all fall short in many ways. But there's one other thing that I think is, and this can be very controversial, uh, but I think it's an issue that we need to lean into. And that is, can you help parents, especially that are navigating this, that are trying to understand, okay, I'm, I'm wanting to maintain a relationship with this child that is got, they've declared a differing way of understanding sexuality. They're, they're pursuing homosexual uh, desires and behaviors. Can you talk about the difference between acceptance and affirmation? And how a parent can can accept that child and seek to maintain relationship without having to essentially say, oh, I'm totally affirming every single choice that you're making. I think that's really the sticking point yes. for a lot of parents and even in the culture. That it's like you you can't accept unless you affirm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. And there's different seasons and um so if you're a parent that your child is just going through that struggle or is just coming out and it is the first, you know, months of this or the first couple of years of this, um, they're living in your home. They're at that age that, you know, they're still like 16, 17. Then, you know, we, we do not change the boundaries of our home. Like if you have a boundary that your children don't date until their ex age, that your children don't go alone on dates until that at this house, people don't sleep over. Like if all of those things get observed the same way, regardless of being a guy, a girl or whatever it is, we still observe that. Uh, we still monitor friendships for our children, don't we? Mm -hmm. You know, I have a little bit of hesitation with these new friends that you have. There's nothing sexual going on. I just feel that the, you know, I don't see you necessarily influencing them. I see you more being influenced by, can we engage in those conversations? And in the meantime, I think we're going to dose that. I think we're going to uh, do, you know, and we start setting more boundaries for them. So in the same way, during this season, we will do that and we can listen. And then we can also voice our, um, where our heart is at. Well, I feel that for right now, I am not comfortable with you dating. And I'd rather that we continue this conversation and that we get to a place where 
um, we can both understand a little bit better where each other is coming from before these things we even get into that. Now, I'm not promising anything, but I'm saying, again, we're being wise and strategic about delaying a little bit of a process to see mm-hmm. if a period of love, clarification, coming closer together to God um, brings out some answers for our child and even for, for ourselves. Now, there's a different season. Um, children that don't live with you anymore, let's say, um, maybe they went away to college. They're 20 um, and they're living the dorm life and they decided that they have a, that the girl has a girlfriend and she wants to introduce her home. And that is her way of coming out. How do we navigate that? And one of the things is I say, we always reiterate what we know, what we believe, what we're after, how we are honoring of the Lord and how we see that scriptures talks about this in this way. And we want to go to that route. But we also say we understand that there are times where we feel that that is not where our heart is at. And then we engage in the harder conversations. How do we choose different than how we feel just based on the principles that we've, you know, decided to honor? And that is easier for us to say, you know, sometimes I do want to kill someone in the highway. And that is my feeling and it's strong and it's legit because they've done some things on the road. Right. Yet, do I do that? No, because I know that that is not the route to go. It's not that simple because it feels good to go the route that they're going. And if they have not been understood by someone else, and if they've been betrayed by people of the same, you know, of the opposite gender, there are some more complex situations in there. So I feel that in that scenario, our battle is not for them to end a relationship. Our battle is for them to understand what led them to that situation. It's for them to understand what was, what was the void? What was the lack? What was the, the, the piece that was there that led you here without us making it a point, I'm going to prove you wrong? Because they, they read those attitudes from us. That's why we need to be honest. That's why we need to be um, vulnerable. And there's going to be conversations that we are going to stay quiet, that they ask us a question to challenge you and you don't know what to answer. So it sounds like they're right. Now we know by conviction that is still wrong, but do we have to prove to them that we can win every argument just to prove them wrong? What does that do? So I think the motivation of how we engage, and then there's the the season of those that have even gotten married. Are you gonna accept that person? Uh, What about when your daughter marries the drug addict that beats her up every now and then? Is he not gonna be allowed to come to the Christmas dinner? It is kind of like the same thing in one way. It's just harder for us to visualize it when it is homosexuality because of the connotation that we've given to that particular choice. Yeah. So as we as we wrap up here, uh, I just I would love for you to just give just some words of encouragement and hope to those parents that are just they're kind of in the thick of this, or maybe they're on the front end of this and they're just feeling like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I might even be able to maintain my relationship with my child for a a number of various reasons. And they're just feeling a sense of, 
of of hopelessness. Just what words of encouragement would you have for them? And then also, um, where can parents go to get some some more help on this topic? Yes, and you know the the good news is that more of us these days, more ministries, more professional Christian therapists are um, becoming trained and. Um, having accountability with one another into having these open conversations and uh, being more accepting in the way of let's not reject you. Let's just bring you in. Let's just bring you in. And to the parent that is, you know, and I don't know how many parents um, I've sat with that we've cried um, just knowing how difficult this is, how this is not what you had in, in your mind and in your heart, how you have to give up the dream of that wedding and, and all of that. It's like, we have the Lord. Let's go to him. Let's go to him faithfully. Let's go to him daily. Even if he requires that we go to him every morning so that we can start the day. Um, and let's be honest with him. How does he, why does he hit me so hard? And what are the areas? Is it part of it? My, my reputation, my testimony that tell the Lord. You know, I feel that I'm being judged, that I'm being looked at, that I have not been a good parent. Um, is it the dreams of, you know, you, you dream of having, you know, another daughter that your son was going to bring home and, and, and you're not seeing that and you're going to have to accept relating to another guy? Like, God, that, how does that even make space in my head? But the Lord will navigate that with you. He said that he will leave the spirit behind that will be the one giving us comfort, that will be the one giving us those, those um, not necessarily words, but that sense of you're not alone. And find a community of humans that is embracing of what you're going through, not embracing in the sense that we endorse this. No, but in the sense that we know what we're going through and it's not a cookie mold and it is not right or left. And we can walk this journey together. There is um, this ministry that is called Embrace the Journey that the, those founders have a son that is homosexual and actually is married to a male. And they talk about their story and how they've navigated all of this. Um, so that is a website that has some helpful information, support groups, some of that. Um, I know that Julie, my great friend, Julie, um, one of my, um, if you could have idols, she would be one of them. I love Julie Slattery. Um, Authentic Intimacy also have resources. Preston um, um, Sprinkle has Sprinkle, also yeah. a lot of open conversation. Yes. Now, some people um, have issues with all of the teachings. Well, what, what of that teaching can help you? Is it starting the conversation that they have a resource that makes it easier for you to start that conversation? Then just take that. Let's not get into the, oh, it's not 100% all of that I want. From 10, I'll give them a nine. Okay, don't use the number 10, but can you use from one to nine? Because very little resources and it is very hard for all of us to be in agreement 100% in how we're going to navigate this. Um, there are churches that have a specific posture on how far you go, how much you allow, and all of that. But I think ultimately, your relationship with God is going to give you that sense of peace and it's going to dictate the journey that you're going to take with your own child. 
That's why we need to allow the Lord into this space. That's why we need to go to him daily to speak to him Mm -hmm. about this and to receive the portion for that day. And to be honest with them and tell them, you know what? This is as new to me as it is to you. I don't have the answers from here until there, but we will go little by little finding those together. And that commitment to togetherness speaks volumes in protecting the relationship and that union that the Lord wants to preserve in our families. Yeah. Well, Denisa, this has been such a good conversation and I'm so grateful for you being willing to be a voice in this space and to encourage parents. Um, It's a difficult topic. It's a difficult journey for parents, but thank you for making yourself available. How can our listeners uh, get get more information about your counseling practice? Yes, um, they can follow me on social media. It's it's very personal. My social media is not overwhelmingly elaborate, so it's kind of friendly. Um, Danisa Suarez Oficial, the word oficial in, in Spanish, Danisa Suarez Oficial. Um, our website where soon I just created a course that is called The Sexual Revolution, and it is in both English and Spanish. I go through teaching parents how to talk sexuality from the beginning to even when a child comes out or when they're struggling with porn and all of those different things. Very simple language, just how we've spoken here. And that is soon to be released. So our website is cciconseling.com, cciconseling.com. So they can find us there. Well, thank you again, Denisa, for being part of this conversation today. I love your audience and I love being able to just open a space where we can talk. It it might not be perfect. It might not be all the science. It might not be all the theology, but we start to initiate those conversations and uh, find answers together. Absolutely. Well, listeners, we're going to make sure we put all those resources and links in our show notes. So please go check that out. Uh, Mm -hmm. Parents, we're here for you. We want to help you take your next best step on this journey. So please reach out to us. And we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.